Hey, friends, and welcome to episode 35 of It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. I'm your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, and today's guest tackles an issue that so many of us have either experienced fully or had a brush with at some point in our careers. And if not us, then we probably know someone who has. What exactly am I talking about? Burnout. Today's guest, Stacy Mitchell, is a life coach who helps high-achieving women overcome burnout and love their work again. She helps them heal their burnout and get clear on what they really want for their careers and lives so they can find the fulfillment they've been missing. Stacy is a professionally trained life coach and has a master's in counseling from Hofstra University and a bachelor's degree in psychology. You could say she's a little bit obsessed with helping others live their best lives ever. Stacy loves to travel and has been to more than 21 countries with her husband. She's also coached a Sheikah, basically a Middle Eastern princess, while living abroad. If you follow her on Instagram, you'll see that she features her mini Aussie almost more than she does her own life or business. In today's conversation with Stacy, we dive into the three components of burnout and how to recognize it in yourself. We talk about the importance of getting enough sleep and how to avoid burnout with specific advice for professionals and for business owners. And finally, Stacy shares how we can help others who we think might be on the verge or in the middle of battling burnout. Plus, she reveals the strategies she uses in her own life as a full-time employee with a side business to avoid burnout, maintain healthy boundaries, and stay accountable to her goals. During our conversation, you'll hear Stacy mention just how much she's learned and grown through the accountability and community of group coaching programs. If you've ever wondered what it's like to be part of a group coaching experience, you are going to love this announcement. I am thrilled to announce that I'm kicking off a two-week, one-of-a-kind group coaching experience on Wednesday, July 1st. We're talking live workshops and mini trainings on time management, productivity, and living your best life. Plus, hot seat group coaching sessions and live Q&A sessions with me, all inside a private coaching community. And here's the best part. This group coaching opportunity called Chaos to Clarity Live is totally free. Yes, free. I'm not joking. Okay, so I kind of can't believe I'm doing this for free, but I know it's going to be so much fun. And I promise I'm going to pack as much teaching and coaching and value into this two weeks as I can. And I would love the opportunity to coach you in this group. Registration for Chaos to Clarity Live kicks off today, Monday, June 29th. 
and doors to the private coaching community officially open on Wednesday, July 1st. And don't worry, if you're tuning in and it happens to be, I don't know, July 2nd, you're totally fine. Register now and jump in the group anytime before it closes for good on July 15th. To grab your spot and get access to the private coaching community, the free live training and Q&A sessions, close out of this podcast. It's okay. You can come right back and head over to AnnaDCornick.com forward slash live. Enter your name and email and you'll have everything you need to experience two full weeks of group coaching with me for free. And if you were curious, group coaching programs are typically priced anywhere from $500 to $2,000 or more, so you won't want to miss out on this opportunity for two weeks of free group coaching. So head over to AnnaDGornick.com forward slash live, L-I-V-E, right now to grab your spot in this amazing, limited time, one-of-a-kind group coaching experience. I can't wait to see you over there inside of Chaos to Clarity Live. As usual, you know you can find all the details for this episode, including how to connect with Stacy, plus the books, tools, and resources she mentioned over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 35, including a link to the Cultivate What Matters power sheets that Stacy uses to set business and personal goals. Finally, I want to thank you again for being a fan. And if you haven't yet, I invite you to click the subscribe button to be notified as soon as new episodes and surprise bonus episodes go live. If you like what you hear, I would be so grateful for your review. Your reviews play a huge role in helping others find It's About Time in the search results. And you might just get a shout out in a future episode, like this one, to V.H. Evans. V.H. Evans was so kind to leave a five-star rating and review. V.H. Evans writes, So great. I've been listening to Anna's podcasts since she started releasing them. I was hooked when I heard, busy is not a badge of honor. I thought, amen. As an organized person, I still find myself on the hamster wheel and I'm stepping off and learning so much. Her guests are great and hearing all the different ways people stay grounded, organized, and on top of their game is inspiring. I highly recommend listening to every episode. Well, V.H. Evans, thank you so much, especially for sticking with me from the start. I know that hamster wheel all too well, and you definitely know how I feel about busy not being a badge of honor. I'm so glad that It's About Time has helped you step off that hamster wheel and in a better direction. I truly hope that each episode and each guest interview can provide something useful to you as you're making your way through your own challenges and achievements. Thank you again. And with that, it's about time we get started. So let's get this show on the road. 
You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. Hey, Stacy, and welcome to It's About Time. How are you doing today? I am doing so well, and I'm just so glad to be here with you. Well, thank you so much for giving your time to this interview, to the listeners of It's About Time. I know that you are going to be such a wealth of information for everyone listening today. So again, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. So in the intro, I shared a little bit about who you are and what you do, but I always love to hear how you spend your time in your own words. So Stacy, tell us, how are you spending your time these days? Well, I have to say, I am spending my time building, as I like to say to myself, which you're going to laugh at me, an empire. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Building an empire. That's like, go for it. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I I say to my husband, too. So I am still working full time. So I think some people will will identify with this. Like I'm working full time. I am building my my side business as a burnout coach because I have been there. Um, Mm -hmm. So I am doing some... Some coaching on the side and I love it so much and as I'm building my empire so I'm doing that but also making sure that I am really being dedicated to living a burnout free life because who mm-hmm. wants a burnout coach who's burned out <laughs> right I know that, that doesn't quite go together right <laughs> doesn't quite go together so I really do get to practice what I preach every day is an opportunity for me to learn more to serve my clients better And, you know, I spend my time here in Durham and I get to, you know, have so much fun with my husband of 13 years, which is crazy. Wow. Um, And our mini Aussie, we have a mini Aussie that is just like the love of our lives. (laughs) We are those people. Um, No, that's perfectly fine. What's his, what's his or her name? Bodhi. Bodhi. Okay. Yeah. Little Bodhi man. I probably shouldn't have said his name so loud. He's probably going to come up and try to get in here now. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, he's the love of our life and we just, we have a lot of fun and I have a lot of fun building, building my business. That's wonderful. And I love that you refer to it as building an empire. You've got your sight set on, you know, something big and you're creating it and you're making it happen. And that's wonderful and so inspiring. Thank you. Yeah. I I think it helps me too. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. We've got to have a vision. So you are working full time. And you are building your empire as a burnout coach on the side. Um, tell me a little bit, Stacy, about what inspired you to pursue coaching, specifically burnout coaching, in addition to your full-time job. Because I think a lot of people would hear, wait, if she's trying to avoid burnout, why is she working a side gig? What's the story here? Oh, yeah, I know. So it's a long story, but I'll try to keep it fairly short for all of your <laughs> listeners. <laughs> um, but I had, you know, put in for a promotion at work. I got it, which was great. But I got into it and found myself crying, like bawling my eyes out on the phone with a career coach. Yeah. Uh, because I was not happy. 
I didn't like the job. I was so burned out. I just like, I felt exhausted. I didn't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And in all of that time with career coach, I really did find that like coaching is my thing. And it had been actually, I had been a career coach before I'd gone into my new career. And I was like, I got to get back into this. Um, and I didn't know at that moment that I was going to be a burnout coach. So it was a winding path. We won't go into how exactly I got there, but in curing my own burnout, I realized like I could help a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. And I found that I was able to heal my burnout without ever quitting my job. Like I'm still in that job. Mm. And I think so many people think they have to quit their jobs to, to cure yeah. their burnout, to heal themselves, or they have to get a new job or whatever it may be. And I didn't have to. And I think so many women need to hear that story that you don't have to quit. Like you can actually feel better without, without leaving what you're in. Cause sometimes we can't leave the situations that we're in. It's just, you know, we need to hang on for a little bit. Um, I talked recently to a potential client that's like, I can't leave my family behind. Like I'm, I'm stuck with them. I love them. I'm staying with yeah. them, but I'm burned out on it. Right. Mm-hmm. So how, how do you handle those situations? So that's really, I felt called to coaching around that subject when I realized that I could really help so many people there. And Stacy, that's incredibly encouraging because I'm sure there are people listening. I mean, even some of the women who I work with one-on-one with time management coaching have felt that same feeling of, you know, I'm in my job. I should just leave. I should just quit. Quitting is the answer or let me just jump over to another job because that will solve my problems. And then I'll truly be happy when what it really comes down to is the need to do some type of internal work. A thousand percent. Yeah. It's funny because we all want to skip from like the internal to the external and like fixing the circumstances because- Mm -hmm. I think we're taught that in a lot of ways, like in our culture, it's like, you just switch it and you'll be fine. Get a new job. It's fine. But then all of that baggage follows you. It follows you around to the new job. It follows you, you know, when you even take a sabbatical and then come back, you're like, oh, I didn't actually fix this thing. I felt good when I was on sabbatical and then not so much anymore. Yeah. Well, well, I'm really looking forward to digging a little bit deeper into that. But before we do you know, balancing or, you know, maneuvering a a full-time job and your empire building as a burnout coach on the side and making sure you give enough time to Bodhi. (laughs) How how exactly, how exactly do you make that work without getting overwhelmed? Because that's, that's a big time commitment. Yeah. I think a lot of planning um, and being very intentional with what I decide to do. So I break down what my goals are. Um, and in fact, like I use, I don't know if you've ever heard of the cultivate what matters planner. Absolutely. A lot of people have (laughs) They love those power sheets. So I use Uh those for both personal and business, um, in breaking down my goals. And so I never feel super overwhelmed, but I also am such a, you know, high achiever kind of person that I have to personally put a lot of boundaries on myself. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm and have people hold me accountable. So whether that's a coach or, you know, I have a really good friend who will be like, I thought you said you were going to take Sundays off. (laughs) Like they'll start calling me out on things. And it's, it's really, really helpful for me because I think, um, another thing that can be really helpful for people to know is like their, I can't remember exactly what it is, but there's the four types for Gretchen Rubin. Oh yes. Okay. The four tendencies. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Um, do you, do you want to run through those? (laughs) 
Oh gosh, and I don't even know them. I think it's um Oh yeah, a, obliger. Obliger questioner upholder questioner and rebel is that what yes yeah obliger questioner upholder and rebel okay so quick like for you guys listening i've mentioned this before on another episode um but in gretchen rubin's book better than before which is all about building habits she introduces her concept of the four tendencies and this is how you respond to um internal and external is it obligations, I think? And she ended up going on to write a full book just on the four tendencies. But someone who is an upholder um, follows through with internal and external obligations, uh, commitments. So if they say, I'm going to wake up at 6 a.m. tomorrow, they do it, like no questions asked. Um, And then if someone says, hey, I need you to wake up at 6 a.m. tomorrow, they do it you know, because they're doing it for someone else. So a rebel is the opposite. A rebel has a whole lot of trouble following through with internal and external. Like you give them a to-do list and they just kind of walk away from it. And if they tell themselves, you know, I'm going to get up at 6 a.m. the next morning, they're probably not going to do it in the moment. Um, And then the questioner and the obliger kind of fall in the middle. Obligers respond to external obligations. So if an obliger has to meet a running buddy out for a run, they will totally be there. They will be on time and they will make it happen. But if an obliger tells themselves, Hey, I'm going to go for a run. They might probably not follow through with it. (laughs) And then the last one questioner questioners respond to inner, but not outer. So in order to follow through with like an obligation, it has to make sense. them. Um, Like my example is I used to be late a lot because if being on time didn't really make sense to me, I just wouldn't be. But anyway, that's like a really big sidetrack of um, (laughs) four tendencies. But yes, it is so critical to know like what your personality is to make sure you set up the right kind of accountability. Okay. So Stacey, to get you back on track, you goal setting helps make your world go round, having strong boundaries and accountability. So what else? Tell me more. Yeah. So I think that accountability has to be external for me. So I am an obliger. So that's why I brought it up. Just just so you know. Um, Yeah, I need that external accountability. And then I don't know if you've heard, there's a couple of different approaches I use. Um, There is an app called Todoist that I use for both business and for work. And Uh I basically keep all of my tasks in there. I I love paper, don't get me wrong. And I actually use like a paper to-do list every day, but Mm-hmm. In terms of the ongoing, I just couldn't handle it all in my head anymore. Um, right. It was too much. There's just too much and I didn't want to be worried about it. Um, and I know a, probably a year and a half ago, I looked into and read Getting Things Done and I sort yep. of took that approach and made it my own. Like I couldn't quite follow it exactly, um, mm-hmm. but I made it into my own approach where I try very hard not to keep a ton of stuff in my head. I try to get it all out and Todoist is where I keep it all so that I I have it in one central location and not in a million post-it notes everywhere. (laughs) Absolutely. I always joke about like the 37 post-it notes that people will have all over the place with all these different lists. So you mentioned Getting Things Done, which is a book and a system by David Allen. And I will 
for those of y'all listening, I will link to Gretchen Rubin's Better Than Before, Cultivate What Matters Power Sheets. I'll link up to Todoist as well as uh, David Allen's Getting Things Done. Um, One of the things that he says in the book that really resonates with me is that our minds are meant for having ideas, not holding them. Mm-hmm. And that our short-term memory is just not made to manage a full to-do list. And so I love that you utilize a digital app because when your to-dos are in something like Todoist, if you spill if you spill coffee on your to-do list, it's like basically ruined. But your to-doist, all of everything in your app, it, it's just there and it's safe and it can go with you anywhere. So that's that's fantastic. One thing I will say about um, David Allen's Getting Things Done is that I don't know of anyone who has read the book and implemented the system to a T. It's, it's so great to take inspiration from it and mm-hmm. find the parts that work for you and then create your own system. So that's really great. Definitely. I think it's a very, I mean, I think it's a great system if you're able to do that. But even me who I'm pretty well organized, it's pretty intense. I have to say it's pretty intense, but I think it's really helpful for setting some parameters. Definitely. It's a good, it's a good starting point. Um, Okay. So we've talked about some of the tools and the apps that you use, um, how some of the strategies like goal setting and accountability are really important. So what else is there? Is there anything that you use on a regular basis in your business besides Todoist that helps you keep things simple and streamlined? Mm, That's a great question. I think the pre-planning and the vision Mm -hmm. is really important. I don't just say I'm going to do something on a whim. I try to Mm -hmm. really think about what's having an impact. So recently I did an exercise where I was sort of trying to think of like where my strategies were having the most effect. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking like, where are the majority of my new clients coming from? So I mm-hmm. literally just looked at some numbers and some things to see like, what's working, right? Yeah. <laughs> what is actually working for me? And I found that like my Facebook group was really where I was getting the majority of my new clients and I was getting the most traction. So I decided, I was like, okay, that's where I'm going to put the majority of my attention. It's going to go into my Facebook group. And then of course, to serving my clients. Mm-hmm. So those are my two big buckets. Um, and I've really been working off of that approach. Like, is it, is it working? I'm not going to do something that's not working for me and for my clients. So I really try to sit down and strategize around like what is actually effective versus just like, I'm going to try 5 million things, never reflect on whether they worked Mm -hmm. and be crazy busy because I never did find an actual strategy that did work because I didn't reflect on it. Yeah, that's that's such a good point. And I love that you really that you thoughtfully and intentionally reflected on the different strategies that you were using. You clearly identified that your Facebook group was giving you the the best results and you went all in on that. Because I think so often solo business owners, you know, coaches, wedding planners, um, you you know, just people who are either, you know, a one man shop or a small team feel like we need to be in all the places. We need to pin 20 pins a day on Pinterest and we need to be constantly visible in Instagram stories and posting on Facebook and posting on Twitter and all, all over the place. And 
it's just a lot. So thank you for being evidence that you can go all in in one place and just serve really well in that in that dedicated space. Yeah. I think it's super easy. It's that whole like keep your eyes on your own paper because mm. <laughs> I love watching what other people are doing, but I did find that sometimes I'm like, oh, well maybe I should be doing that more. And then it just yeah. becomes like I'm trying I'm trying to do way too much um, right. for what I'm able to. So yeah, I think focusing in is really really important for any business owner, really. Oh yeah. Yeah, and and any business owner, any size business is really just figuring out, okay, what's moving the needle? What what deserves my time? What deserves my investment? And then going from there and just trying to keep things as simple as possible. So what else? Are there any other strategies or tools of note that really help you do all of the things that you do? Well, I think it would be silly of me not to mention that I do delegate. I don't have a, like a full-time virtual assistant or anything, mm -hmm. but uh, I'll give you an example. Like I'm launching a group program uh, relatively soon and yeah, I probably could have made all of the images myself. Like mm -hmm. I have Canva. It's not super hard, but I was like, that's not my zone of genius and right. I don't have time for it. So I just hired somebody to do it. And that's just an example of a few things I'll do. It's like, I don't want to figure out how to design this page on my website. Let me just give it out to someone. And then I, I don't have to be so in it all the time. Because I think we all know, yeah, we think it's, something's going to take an hour and then it takes us like eight. <laughs> oh, oh, for sure. Yes, that is a common occurrence. Okay, y'all. So I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, in all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you wanna know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. 
You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. And um, I love that you use the phrase zone of genius. That's something that I work with my time management clients on to really hone in, you know, what are they most proficient at? What are they most passionate at so that they can spend as much time as possible in that genius zone and then automate, delegate and eliminate the rest. So tell me, you know, since you don't have a, you know, a consistent virtual assistant and you don't have staff, how do you find someone to do, say, graphics or take on, you know, fixing or updating a page on your website? Where do you find contractors or help in order to delegate those non-genius zone activities? Sure. That's a great question. Well, I'll be honest, I have been in several like entrepreneurial groups of some kind, like group coaching programs, memberships, et cetera. That's usually my first place. If I already know someone and they're in my circle, I'll reach out to that person, that person first, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if I can't find someone, so like I just started a podcast not too long ago and I wanted an intro and outro, went to Fiverr. It was fine. It was quick. It was easy and it was done. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I think um, mine, I think mine came from Fiverr too, either Fiverr or Upwork. I forget, but um, yeah, that great, great example. Yeah. And then, you know, if it's something that's very specialty, sometimes I'll go into a Facebook group and just ask, does anyone know like an entrepreneur Facebook group? Um, and I've had really good results. That's awesome. Um, out of curiosity, what are some of the entrepreneurial Facebook groups that you frequent? Ooh, that's a great question. So um, there actually is one that I'm going to, it's a smaller one and it's very niche specific, or at least mm-hmm. kind of, it's higher ed entrepreneurs. Um, cool. That's one of my favorites because I came from higher ed. That's like mm-hmm. what my background was. Um, living the laptop life is probably one that I go into a lot. Cool. Um I'm sure there's others. There's a virtual assistant group that I, I don't know how I became a part of it, but I'm in that group. I think it's virtual assistant savvies is the one that I'm thinking of. So there's all different kinds in there that can help. Uh, those are probably the, the main three. And then I am a part of like some group coaching alumni uh, yeah. pages, which are really helpful. Facebook can be for so much more than sharing memes and pictures of your food and um, <laughs> crazy political news. It Definitely. really can be such an awesome hub for community and resources. And I'm really grateful for some of the, you know, memberships that I'm a part of that have an online community because it helps me not feel so alone as a, you know, a small business owner who you know works, works from home. Um, and so that, that's really awesome to hear that, really engaging in those communities is just a really great resource for you. It really is. I mean, and people will ask questions that are just so helpful to see what Mm -hmm. other people's answers are. It's funny how I'm like, I have that question too, and didn't even think to ask it. (laughs) So you get to learn all kinds of things. Yeah, that really is such a benefit to group coaching programs in general, right? Because a lot of times we think that we're the only one struggling with something and then someone else lands in the hot seat for a group coaching session and you realize that so many of your struggles and challenges are parallel and that um, just that process of hearing someone else work through a problem that you have can just be so inspiring. 
I totally agree. Yeah, it's funny how I think sometimes when clients are going into it, they're like, am I really going to get a lot out of this? It's not one-on-one. And then they're like, oh, it starts to click. <laughs> it's like, that's why we all have the same problems. <laughs> yes. Yes. All have the same problems and you all start, you know, working on them together. And just that community that you build through a group coaching program is just, it's, it's really fantastic. And those, and like you said, those relationships continue long after the program itself ends. Yeah. That's who I'm usually hiring actually is all these people that I know through all these programs for sure. Wow. That's, and that's a benefit that you don't even realize you're going to get walking into it. Awesome. Okay. So Stacy, you have laid it all out there for us. You've shared the strategies that work so well for you as you are you know, navigating your full-time job and serving clients as a burnout coach, you know, everything from goal setting and having firm boundaries, using accountability, knowing that you're an obliger to stay accountable to those boundaries, really being intentional with your planning and setting your vision, and then looking for opportunities to delegate those activities that aren't in your genius in your genius zone. And meanwhile, you're cultivating community and engaging with others and learning with others by being involved in those Facebook groups that you shared and leading your own Facebook group. It's fantastic. Um, and so, you know, in utilizing those tools and strategies, it sounds like that they all work together to help you avoid that burnout that you felt so many years ago. So Stacy, can you tell me exactly what does burnout mean? Like, what is that? How do I recognize it if I have it? Just kind of give me burnout 101. Sure. So my most simplistic definition of burnout is being exhausted to the point of wanting to quit. So I think that's what so many people can um, recognize pretty easily. <laughs> if you're mm -hmm. so tired that you want to quit something, that's usually because you're burned out. Yeah. Uh, there are three components to burnout. Typically, you don't have to have all three. Um, but usually, I mean, one has to be there for you to have it. So the first is emotional exhaustion, which is feeling exhausted by your work. The second is cynicism, which is really feeling indifferent towards your work and towards your clients, towards your colleagues. Basically, you sort of hate everybody. <laughs> yeah. And then the third is just lacking that feeling like you're making a difference. So lacking professional mm. efficacy. So feeling like you're not effective, that you're not productive, and that you're not really like doing something that feels like it's important. Yeah. So those three are the components of burnout and it shows up, I would say in a variety of ways. And sometimes it shows up physically. I think many times it shows up physically, sometimes before we even start to notice it otherwise, like you are so tired, like you have a hard time getting out of bed, but there's no other yeah. reason that you can put behind it. You just really don't want to get out of bed. It yeah. can be like you are dreading work in a way that you have never dreaded your work before. It can be going totally blank in a meeting. Like I had that happen a few times in the middle of mine where I was just like, I can't, I don't remember what I was trying to say. I, I can't remember details I should be remembering. It's sort of just like this weird moment of like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> um, and you do, you do start to feel like I'm not as productive and effective. And I mean, another, another one can be that you feel like you just, you don't want to do the work anymore. Like, I feel like that's yeah. probably the biggest thing. You're like, I just don't want to do this work anymore, but I don't know why. Like it's 
sometimes you want to want to do the work. Like I've had people who have been very passionate about their jobs and in the midst of burnout, they're like, I don't want to do this anymore, but I also don't want to leave. It's like this very strange, Mm -hmm. I know this is what I want to do, but I sure don't want to do it right now, (laughs) you know? And burnout really is, it comes from being stressed out all the time, like prolonged amounts of stress. And most of the time people don't realize like the effect of it um, until it's too late. They're not noticing like any warning signs, which can be any of these number of indicators on a lower level. Wow. And when you're in that hamster wheel rat race, you know, when you're running from one thing to the next, all all of that stress that contributes to burnout, it's it you know, it's hard to take a moment and really think about how you actually feel. So, I can see that being a big reason why people don't recognize the early warning signs. Absolutely. Yeah. I think people keep themselves so busy. And sometimes I think that's, you know, I'm sure you've had this too, where it's like you keep yourself so busy that you don't have to feel anything. Right. Busy as a coping mechanism. Exactly. It's like, I don't have to pay attention because I don't have time for that. (laughs) But as soon as you slow down, even just a little bit, you're like, this is not what I want for my life. And it starts to sort of pile up from there. Um, yeah. it's, it's not a fun feeling at all. And sometimes when you have those initial feelings of, oh, this is not what I want, you just reload everything back onto your plate so you don't have to deal with it and the cycle repeats. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a terrible, terrible cycle. And the yeah. same can happen with the whole, like that we talked about earlier, the quitting, getting a new job. Like you think like, okay, fixed it, reset and then it all just starts back over because your habits, your mindset, everything is exactly the same as it was before. Yeah. Yeah. You're exactly right. I mean, I 100% have been there. I, I left a job at a PR firm and worked for myself for a little while and then found another PR related job at a cool museum in town. And I thought all of my problems had been figured out. You know, I was in a new place. There's no such thing as, you know, a museum emergency. This is going to be easy breezy and fine. But just like you said, what I didn't realize is that I brought with me all of the bad habits, all of the just just the mindset didn't change. The I had a new desk, I had new topics, I had new coworkers, but I didn't change. And so it was just the same thing all over again. Yeah. Wherever you go, there you are, right? <laughs> right, right. So Stacy, if if someone finds themselves and they're listening to you share these different components of burnout and they're recognizing that they are either in the thick of burnout or they're on their way, or maybe they even recognize this in a good friend, Um, but primarily yourself, you know, what can you do to get out of it? Yeah. Well, I think it's, there's a, it's a multi-pronged approach, but my, my very first thing that I usually do with my clients is really get down to the root of the mindset that's going behind it. So I think it's super easy to change circumstances, but I don't think that that always sticks if you haven't gotten to the thoughts and the beliefs behind all the behavior, right? So I could easily say like, you need to set a boundary. You need to leave work at five. You need to tell people that you're not available after work. There's all these things that you could say, and that's all helpful. 
But if you haven't gotten to that underlying belief of like, people are going to think that I don't care. Um, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to get fired. People are going to not like me anymore because I'm not, you know, taking on all this extra work. There's all these things that go into it. And yeah. if you don't get to that first, I think you can try to do all of these things, but most of the time it backfires because something happens to go like, you know, and then you run back to your safety zone because you're like, I, yeah. okay, I'll do the project because they push back on me and I don't know what to do. Um, so I think like fixing that mindset is so important in the beginning before you start to change your behaviors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, it almost reminds me of um, how you say like, yes, you can say that you'll leave the office by five. You can implement all of these strategies, but that's almost like icing on a cake. It's like the top layer, but what, what, but what you really have to change is the cake itself. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like the foundational <laughs> work, right? Yeah. Like we'll yeah. get to the frosting later. <laughs> right. Exactly. Let's, Let's start bake the with, cake first. Yes. Bake the cake. Start with what matters most. Like make sure we've got that taken care of before we slather stuff on top. Yeah. So, so what else? Like, so if, if the first step to working your way out of burnout is getting down to the root of the mindset, um, like what would you say is the next step? Well, I would say, and honestly, that's the first step. But in conjunction with that is really like taking stock of what you're doing physically. So, mm -hmm. and I'm not a health coach. I don't pretend to be, but sleep is non-negotiable. Like you have right. to get a certain amount or you're never going to feel better. And when you're burned out, you have to get more than you think that you need. Um, and many times people will need to be sleeping, you know, eight hours minimum, but really they probably need to be sleeping like nine or 10 hours a night, which I know people wow. are going to be like, how am I ever going to do that? Yeah. But if you're able to even just increase it a little bit, it's going to make such a difference because your body has been in like fight or flight for a very long time and yes. it just wants to rest. That's all. It just needs the sleep. And until you get it, your brain is going to kind of be like, I don't really know what's going on. It's going to yeah. be very hard for get any, to get anything to stick. Yes. You're making me want to go to bed earlier tonight, just in case. <laughs> me too. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess I don't think people really understand how important sleep is. Like, I just mm. think that it's overlooked so much as being the, like such an indicator of health and such an important thing for even our brain health, for our physical health, but also our mental health. Like we just Absolutely. act like it's not that important when it's basically like the most crucial thing you can do for your health. Yes. And many studies Ab have proven it. Absolutely. 100%. Um, and I really appreciate you even giving me this reminder because I think we could all use a little bit more sleep and there is no award given out for most things done on the least hours of sleep. <laughs> right. And think of all the terrible mistakes you'll make. <laughs> Oh, right. And I'm sure you know that there are studies that point to um, driving with driving sleep impaired is yeah. just as bad as driving under the influence of alcohol. And just you just you think about that and how that how that can show up in other parts of life. So can you imagine working on an important spreadsheet for a client while you're drunk? I mean, exactly. doing it sleeping, basically the same thing. 
It's so scary. And there are a bunch of studies about like the number of accidents after the time changes because yes. it only takes an hour, which is just incredible that it only takes an hour, but they do go up the day, the days after. Yes, that is so true. Um, okay. So let's say that I am in a new job and I'm super excited and things are going well, but I could... I want to make sure that I don't slip into the bad habits that could potentially lead to burnout. What can I do to set myself up for success in order to avoid burnout altogether? This is such a great question. Thank you. Well, this gets deep. So in the first few weeks of a job, what you want, I know what everybody wants to do. You want to like get in. And you want to show them how great you are and you want to hit it out of the park and you want everybody to love you. <laughs> I mean, let's, yeah. let's be real. Right. And so you like, you just totally get, you're like, I don't have boundaries. I'm going to take everything. I'm going to take on everything. I'm going to volunteer for everything. Don't do that. I know that's what you want to do. But if you want to ultimately be successful in any job that you're in, I highly recommend like the first couple months that you really try to do the job that's in front of you, like the tasks that are mm-hmm. assigned and to do them well and to set your boundaries early because I think it's super easy to get into patterns and it usually happens in the first couple months of a new job where you get into a pattern. People expect that you're going to answer your email at nine o'clock at night. Well, if you had never set that pattern in the first couple of weeks right. of work, they wouldn't have that expectation anymore, right? Right. It, it's tough, especially in some industries. So I spent about a decade in crisis communications and PR where if I, if my coworkers knew that I was checking email and sending emails at, you know, 9, 10, 11 at night, that meant that I was like on top of things and killing it and doing an amazing job and going above and beyond. So I know that it is so tempting to want to, um, to step into that. And that's, and just like you said, that's what creates those, that foundation for bad habits, because once you go there, it's really hard to pull it back. It is. And then you have to have those really tough conversations of like, Oh, you know, you know how I've been answering stuff or been available. I can't anymore. I always say it's easier to say no in the beginning than to say no later. Yeah. Yes. Um, to have to reverse your decision, basically. So yeah. yeah, I do think it's very important before you start the job to think of what you want your boundaries to be before you ever start it and go in there with the, this is what I'm going to do, have a plan in place before you ever start getting the requests or the emails or you know ask to be volunteers on things. Like You get to decide, you get to plan it, plan it out before you get there. Absolutely. And thinking about business owners, especially, you know, solo business owners or business owners with a small team, when in the beginning, so much is on you. And when you love your business, when you love your work, it doesn't feel as much like work. And so you want to, you kind of want to do it all the time. I don't know, maybe that's just me, but (laughs) I also have to be very careful to set boundaries in my business now just to make sure that my clients know when they can reach me and just to make sure that I don't overdo it exerting myself with work, even though I really like it. So, you know, we've talked a little bit about starting a new job. What kind of advice would you have for a a new business owner or maybe someone who's been in it for a few years and is, again, afraid that they might be heading for burnout? 
Yeah. So having your own business, I think is actually like really hard because it's yours. It's like, this is my baby. Um, I'm putting everything into it and I want it to succeed. And I know even in the beginning days of mine, it's like, I'm a burnout coach. And yet still I'm very tempted as you are to just like always be working because I love it and I'm into it and I'm passionate and I want to read about it and research and do new things. And Finally, I was like, you know, the best thing that I can do for my clients is not to do that. Right. The best thing I can do is to take care of myself in the best way so that I can actually serve them in a better way. And Mm -hmm. I think that applies to any, any industry, honestly, like you can't be great with your clients if you are exhausted. And especially when we get to that cynicism component, if you start to hate them, it's going to be a big problem. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's a big deal. Yeah. You don't want to hate your clients. So that's, I think my approach is always to think about like, how can I streamline this? How can I simplify this? And what are my boundaries around my business? And how can I make sure that I'm putting those into place before I start taking on clients? If you're new, because it's really easy when you're new to just have no idea. So right, having a scope of work, having a coaching contract, something that's in place that's like, this is when you can contact me. This is how long you can expect it to take for me to reply to you. All those kinds of things are so important. And I think that they're missed a lot of times in the beginning of setting up a business because you just want clients. Right. Right. Well, it it also gives you an opportunity to step into that leadership role for your clients by being their guide and saying, hey, I'm here to help you. I'm here to serve you. But this is how you can communicate with me in order to get the best results. And just by clearing up any ambiguity or blurriness about what that communications relationship looks like. I mean, that solidifies you as the leader and that causes them to keep coming back to you as their guide. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It actually makes you more professional. Mm -hmm. I think some people think it, it might look unprofessional to be like, oh, well, you can't contact me. No, it's great to be like, this is the expectation. Like you can Mm -hmm. contact me here and I'll get, get back to you within this number of hours. Like set the expectations early and it does totally make you look like a leader. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and I, I touched, kind of touched on this question earlier, but I would love to ask, you know, if you have a friend who you can tell that they are on a fast track to burnout and you are worried about them because they're not sleeping, they're working all the time, they are, you can, you can hear the cynicism in their voice. You can hear the resentment when they say things like, well, I don't have time for that because I have work, you know, I have more important things to do. You know, what can you do to be a friend to someone who you can just tell is either on their way or in the thick of battling burnout? Yeah, this is tough because I think so many of us, when we can start to see this happen to people, I'm just going to be really frank with you. Sometimes people that are burned out are hard to be around. Yeah. And so you're like, what do I do? Like the person that I loved being around and enjoyed being around is suddenly not themselves anymore. And I think that's really the way to approach it. Not that you're going to tell them that they're not fun to be around anymore, (laughs) but that you say like something has shifted in you and like, I'm just worried about you. And there's nothing wrong with telling someone I'm worried about you. Um, And I think honestly, so many times clients will reach out to me and be like, I didn't know that this was what this was. I didn't know that it was burnout because burnout, while, you know, the interest, I guess, is growing because I think it is growing. 
Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. I don't think everyone really knows what it is and what the symptoms are. I expect that a lot of people are just like, why am I so tired? And why am I just so frustrated with work? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They just don't, it's, it's not coming together. So telling those people, like, I think you might be burned out and maybe sending a couple of resources could be incredibly helpful to them. Yeah. Yeah. I, and yeah, I just think it's, it can be such a lonely feeling to, to think that like I'm on my own, there's something happening and I don't know what it is. Yeah. On your own, the weight of the world is on your shoulders. You still have to continue to show up and perform and either, you know, perform your duties at work or serve your clients. It's really difficult to just step off of the train when it's moving. You just kind of keep plowing through it. And, you know, if you are friends with someone or someone is family, just someone that you care about who you see is experiencing burnout, you know, just like you said, to gently say something like, you know, something has shifted, something has changed. I'm worried about you. I care about you. Um, I remember when I was sort of in the thick of a burnout period of my own, someone telling me, well, you're not supposed to like your job anyway. It's a job. You're supposed to go and do the work and get money and go home. Like you're not Mm. supposed to like it. And I just, I just remember that just did not sit well with me. I just, I was like, no, I don't think it's supposed to be this way. Yeah. And everybody has different opinions on what work is. So for somebody to to give that sort of like, oh no, this is what work is supposed to be for you. (laughs) That's not fair. So do always make sure that you're being empathetic and and saying like, you know, I'm worried about you. And, you know, if you don't love your job, there are other ways around it. It could be that you, it could be that you do need to do something else. That could very well be it. Um, But it could be that you just need to, to make some shifts and it doesn't have to be so bad. Absolutely. Well, Stacy, this conversation has just been epic. I mean, you talk about building an empire. You are certainly on your way because you have been such a wealth of information on this podcast episode. And I'm just, I'm so grateful to you for, you know, sharing those signs to watch for, um, you know, if you think you may be struggling with burnout or on your way, giving us advice for, you know, how we can help someone else who's facing that and just, you know, reiterating the importance of sleep because it is so important. You know, I have absolutely loved talking with you today. And I know that so many of my listeners are going to be curious about how to work with you or how to stay in touch or or get connected. So where can we find you on the World Wide Web? Sure. Well, there's a couple places. <laughs> there's stacymitchell.com. And just so you know, it's Stacy with an IE because I think a lot of people get that wrong. So stacymitchell.com is my website. But uh-huh. I think the best place to really learn more is in my Facebook group, as I said, <laughs> which is the Burned Out Much community. So I'd love to have you there if this resonates and if you have more questions and need more support. I'd love to see you over there. That's fantastic. And I will be sure to link up Stacy's social media profiles, her website, and include a direct link to her Facebook group so that you can continue to connect with her and learn from her and 
stave off that burnout because it can be such a beast. So Stacy, thank you again so much for everything that you've shared with us in this episode. I'm so grateful for you. And yeah, I really look, I really look forward to staying connected and talking with you soon. Me too. And thank you so much for having me. This was, this was a lot of fun. So thank you. And there you have it. If you or someone you know is approaching or in the midst of burnout, I hope that Stacy's expert advice and strategies help you on your journey back to a better mindset. You can find links to the tools and resources that Stacy mentioned, as well as links to Stacy's website, social media profiles, her Facebook group, Burned Out Much, and links to listen to her podcast all over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 35. While you're checking out the show notes, you can also register and grab your spot in the Chaos to Clarity live private coaching community and experience two weeks of group coaching, live trainings, Q&As, and more for free. This limited time, one-of-a-kind experience kicks off on Wednesday, July 1st, and will come to a close on Wednesday, July 15th. I would love the opportunity to coach you in the group, so don't miss this free group coaching experience. Head to the show notes to register or go straight to AnnaDCornick.com forward slash live. And before you go, let me tell you about next week's episode. In next week's episode, episode 36, I'm tackling the five most common time management myths and what you should do instead. If you felt stuck or like your efforts to manage your time well are just missing something, you don't want to miss this one. Thanks again for listening. I look forward to talking with you soon, and I can't wait to see you inside Chaos to Clarity Live. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.